I met her at the Pine Grove one hot night in May. She was a blonde-haired Finnish girl from up in Champion Way. She was short and broad, a bean just like a jack pine stump. The boys all flocked around her like the seagulls at the dump. I told her I can't polka cause I'm just too drunk to dance. She bounced me all around the floor till I almost my pants. I fell in love with her that night and asked her for a date. I took her to my uncle's camp and now she's three months late. She's late, she's late. Oh Lord, she's three months late. I took her to my uncle's camp and now she's three months late. I said she was my first love. She said she'd show me how. She learned some from the Mackey boys and some from watching cows. I fired up the sauna, threw some water on the rocks. Then I took off everything except my woolen socks. I drank another six pack and she started looking good. She told me lay down on the bench and I wondered if I should. She beat me with some cedar boughs and then I couldn't wait. Now I'm all sore and black and blue and now she's three months late. She's late, she's late, oh lord she's three months late. I took her to my uncle's camp and now she's three months late. She dragged me to the altar, I fought her all the way. Her daddy and her brothers came and told me what to say. Now he works for CCI where the pay is really great. He's gotta feed those 15 kids and a wife that's three months late. She's late, she's late. Oh Lord, she's three months late. Got 15 screaming yardage and a wife that's three months late. Talking tunes, and we're here today. We have a full house. Man, oh man, do we have a full house. Party in here. I know. <laughs> Party in the house today. We got uh, Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the third row. Cool, daddy <laughs> We got John Van Wyck visiting today. Oh, hello, hello. <laughs> now, of course, the uh, the beautiful Britta is here also. Hey, Oscar. Mr. Bob, I am the man of the red, the big reds, Bob Ecker. That's an awkward. Image. That was an awkward. It was awkward. I heard it coming out. It just didn't come out right. But anyway, yeah. we got G-Man somewhere hiding over here and Emily, too. But yeah, they're here. Anyway, I think so they're we, making out in a corner, honestly. It could be. I think they're, I think they're all smooth. Love birds. That, that, yeah, that love. And what is how many years have I been married? Like 27 or something like that, I think. So. Yes. So that's a good thing. And yes. just like day one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, did our, we did their wedding. Careful. You did everybody's wedding. But anyway. Actually, I was we, their wedding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> you were at my wedding. But anyway, we're here with, with Britta. Britta has a very special guest she wants to, uh, to talk to. And we're going to talk to him also. And I'll let you do the introduction oh. since I can't introduce Bob. Oh my gosh, a very special guest, and it's for a very special reason. I love this guy so much. Of course, executive producer of Student Showcase 2020 coming up, but this is not just your first year in Student Showcase. Joel Selby, oh, no. executive producer of Student Showcase. It's 
It's what year? How many years have you been? Um, well, producing? the ISD took over in 2012, and I've been executive producer since 2013. So, seven for me. But Student Showcase has been around since for 40 years. We're coming up on 40 years next year. Next year, yep. 1981 year. was the first one. But Joel, I love you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your busy day to come in and hang out with all of us, the crew. Oh, I'm happy to be here. This is awesome. Yeah. So, okay, student showcase is near and dear to my heart because I have been very proudly a part of this for, dare I say, I'm going on 30 years. I mean, including the years in high school, but 27 years oh, hosting. Yeah. But enough about me. I want you to tell everybody who's not familiar with student showcase here in West Michigan what it is mm -hmm. and what it's about. So, uh, West Michigan Student Showcase uh, is a celebration of high school talent um, in all areas. So, we're recognizing students uh, in academics and athletics, but then also, uh, they're also competing in the categories of digital media arts, literary arts, performing arts, and the visual arts. Uh, and through that whole competition, we are awarding $10,000 in prize money. Yes. Incredible scholarship <laughs> money for these incredible kids. Yes. And there's a lot of them. We have 33 oh, no. high schools we're working with this year. Nice. Okay. Uh, almost 250 kids total. It's gotten so big over the years. It's, it's two nights. It's not one night. It's two nights at oh, yeah. beautiful Frauenthal Theater, downtown Muskegon, Frauenthal Center for the Performing Arts, because it's not just in a theater. It's also taken over the art gallery, which is mm -hmm. attached in the Beardsley Theater, because we've got the visual arts kids and the writer kids. I mean, we have a pro full program where they show showcase all their writing skills and it's amazing yeah and also a lot of that's now uh, posted on our website too a lot of this stuff has to be posted there because there's just too much content there's just too much <laughs> to fit in one place it's so. mind-boggling <laughs> it's mind-boggling so i would imagine that that a feat <clears throat> of this size every single year going on four years this is the 39th year but going on mm -hmm. 40 years it 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 takes a village, more than a village, oh, to yeah. put this together. And there's a lot of different balls in the air all the time. And that's where you come in, Joel. You're you're putting all these, you're juggling everything, getting everything together, handling interviews like this, handling the kids, handling all their mm -hmm. teachers and their supervisors and everybody everywhere, and the sponsors. I mean, there's always yeah. sponsors that, you know, I say this on stage every year, without whom this event would not have been possible. <laughs> right? Is right. that like the standard phrase? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so who are some of the main sponsors? I mean, seriously, the oh, late, yeah. great Gary Ostrom, we love him. Mm -hmm. I to, I, we can't mention West Michigan Student Showcase without mentioning him. Absolutely not. Nope. And they're, uh, the Gary Ostrom family, uh, starting last year, actually has been covering the uh, Showstopper Award, the Gary W. Ostrom Showstopper Award. They've been covering that, and that's a $1,000 prize to the absolute showstopper of the show. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily the best technical act you might see, but definitely the the one that gets people on their feet and clapping. Oh my gosh! And there are it's gonna it's hard every year, but this year because mm -hmm. I've been to all the rehearsals with you, Joel. Yep. And I don't know what your thoughts on it are, but oh, it's, oh it's a gosh. great mix of kids this year. Uh, I don't know. Oh I have no idea who's gonna.
gonna I, take I don't anything. either, and I never do. I, I never guess. But well, anywho, but anyway, some of our top sponsors. You were asking about that. So, uh, top ones, obviously, the Intermediate School District, with all of my time in on this. But uh, Patrick O'Leary. Mm -hmm. Huge sponsor. Um, we have Pro Audio Community Foundation for Muskegon County, uh, the Nuevo County RISA, and the West Shore Educational Service District. Um, our partners up there on the north and east side, other ISDs, uh, the family of Gary Ostrom. And then we have a slew of other sponsors like Arconic and Baker and MCC, the Women's Club, um, just a full list there. You know what's really cool is that we see a lot of the same people every year and it's not just the financial donations that they put to this wonderful program but it's the people who put in countless hours just on their own time mm -hmm. they take vacation they they you know what i mean are all our volunteers oh, yeah. and we're talking across the board the stage crew the sound and lighting crew mm -hmm. the backstage the you name it i mean everyone is volunteering their time to make this event happen yeah. which says a lot about our community it takes a full crew of people it's definitely. a village man it takes yep. more than one village yep. <laughs> and just the, the <laughs> judges alone Michigan. the judges alone there's you know three or four judges in each category so you know it's a full crew of almost 20 judges that are reviewing all this content and these aren't just random folk i mean we'd love to say they're just random folk that we're just like gonna pull <laughs> off the street to judge but no they're like the top notch people mm -hmm. in whatever oh, yeah. nobody here is what you're saying <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. no it could be everybody in this room is the judges but no i mean seriously these judges are like the top notch yeah they're the working professionals in their areas Definitely. Writing and visual arts people, and and you know mm -hmm. when you mentioned the newer category that just was entered last year, which, which is uh, the, digital media arts or video, as most people would know it. An Oscar, I mean that's right up your alley. You, yeah. you would know. I mean that's and that became one of our categories just last mm -hmm. year, which it should, you yeah. know. Uh, but yeah. and then of course we've got the the academic honorees and the athletic honorees, and you know it's just amazing. You know we hear so much negative stuff about kids you know or the news whatever but this is just one pure thing in west michigan that just truly what's your story how do you how do because you said something about that's how you got, got with randy crow and, and jim Actorhoff and <laughs> oh back in the day okay so mark stevens the, well, the late great the late mark, mark stevens, stevens yeah. i love him so much and i miss him so much of course was with rc productions right. for many many years and he was our sound guy mm. he was our sound guy as student showcase good sound guy exceptional yeah. sound yeah. guy and um this was back this was back in my 20 when i was a whippersnapper and they used to confuse <laughs> me as one of the kids back when i first started hosting this thing they actually thought i was they were like oh, you can't be on stage right now i'm like oh yes i can i'm hosting this but anyway i, I started hosting when i was 23 so anyway um, mark was the sound guy and he's like you know why don't you come in and start doing some voice work for us so also he discovered you so to speak there through rc i guess yeah. so and then i started doing voice work for rc and then that led to a relationship with them for many many years but okay. mark is just one of the many people over the years that mm -hmm. has made just like joel who has made it's such a special have you guys ever done an alumni of the people mm -hmm. that were yes, involved we in it i mean going back to the tom tom shab yes. days and i mean we, i mean literally and i remember i remember the first couple of years we did uh, there was yeah. a um a group of jc's at the time and mm -hmm. tom shab was one of them worked at the chronicle mm -hmm. at that 
that point in time. And there JD. were a, bunch, a whole bunch of us who were involved in it. I remember moving yeah. it one year, my second year or so, over to the Walker Arena. Mm -hmm. We did it at the Walker Arena. The renovation for, for the LC? No, no, or not, the renovation, renovation for the Frohenthal. Had to retool and put everything yes. over at the Walker Arena while the yeah. Frohenthal was being redone. Yes. And then move it back to the Frohenthal uh, after the, the reconstruction was done back mm -hmm. then. But uh, there were a lot of people. Actually, it was just uh, the performing arts and the visual arts at that point in time. The first couple of years, it didn't it didn't go on beyond that. I know you guys have mm -hmm. expanded it to so many different fields. Well, yeah. it started out... It started the, out with just Muskegon High School. The original yeah. name was Fame. Fame, oh yeah, it absolutely. Was it was, yes. Yeah. And I was actually... I was a ten. I was a ten-year-old sitting in that audience. I was at the very first one as a ten-year-old because our family friend was being honored as an athlete in there. But um, yes, it's it's had it's many. Right. It's right. had big. I forgot about that. That's when Fame was on TV. Yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When the TV program, Fame the movie came out. Yeah. I think we and talked about that. TV yeah. program, Fame came out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It was it, 1981. Yep. 1981 yep. was the very first year at the Frauenthal, and it is. It has changed so much over the years, and I'm very proud to say that I've been part of that change. I was a high school student in the program, mm -hmm. and then I was very touched and honored when they asked me to start hosting it back when I was in my early 20s. And it's it's just amazing to see how it's grown. And yes, there was... You know, and if you, if you look at the people that originally started that, yes. there's still a lot of them are still around and yeah. active with the yeah. Michigan mm -hmm. Music Festival. Yes, oh, yeah. well, yeah, Chris, Chris Zard. And yeah, Chris Zard, yes. You can go down through the whole list, Pat. We named Patrick O'Leary as one of the one of the sponsors. Right. Patrick O'Leary yeah. was oh, yeah. vice president of, of Seal Power Corporation or yeah. SPX Corp at that time and lived in North Muskegon, hung around at Rackets and got involved with the Irish Music Festival and Showcase and Fame mm -hmm. at that point in time. Yeah. And he really yep. loved the, these <laughs> programs. I mean, and obviously it has uh, put his money where his mouth is uh, over mm -hmm. the years and being able to continue to support Absolutely. These. You know, on the flip side of that, that's uh, I actually got pulled into helping with Irish Fest through <laughs> yeah. Showcase. No, there you go. That's, that's all connected to the, the red hair, right? The red hair. Yeah, I said, he's, a, he's an Irishman. We're bringing him in. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I admit the qualifications. Yeah. And, yep. Oh, man. It's it, the people who, and we mentioned Chris Zart. Well, now her son, Andrew Zart, oh, yeah. is our much. fabulous director yep. of the mm -hmm. show. And, you know, it's amazing how it is just, and I feel so fortunate that I have continued. <laughs> please keep me letting Please, please let me come back. I'll even hand out programs if that's the only capacity they can come back. But I love this show so much because of just how it brings our community together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you know this. You've been there many, many years now. And so, you know, it just, it brings so many people yeah. together from so many different organizations. And yes, we did have a 25th anniversary. Um, and I, it, it was a big show. And actually, it was a three-night show. We made that one a three-night show. And we brought mm -hmm. back a lot of the alumni over the years. So, yeah, it's just gotten bigger and better every single year. And these kids are so amazing. I mean, mm -hmm. is there anything oh, yeah. you want to talk about the kids? I mean, I could go on and on, and you don't want me starting to talk. So, <laughs> oh god, it's so hard. We got to a break here soon. But anyway, yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. The kids are so talented, and I love seeing, especially in you know the new category, digital media with the video. Mm -hmm. um, 
I haven't looked at the entries this year yet. Um, they haven't been posted yet, but um, I remember last year there were some like feature film quality videos that those kids were making, yeah. and they were just amazing. Probably with their phone. <laughs> yeah, some of them, right? yeah. yeah. Phone 11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 4K phones and AK. I mean, AK now. That whole world has changed so yeah, much. Yeah. Uh, it's a whole new medium that right. people are creating in. So it, it's awesome to include that uh, now. And a lot of these kids, I mean, no matter which which category that they're being honored in, over the years, man, we have seen so many kids go on to perform in Los Angeles and Broadway, on Broadway performers, mm-hmm. and yep. in the NFL and the NBA, and mm-hmm. and I mean every realm you can possibly imagine. We see these kids going on, going, I knew that kid went. You know, I remember oh, yeah. that little whippersnapper walking across the Your stage. Whippersnapper now, again there. I, I <laughs> Reminds me of his guy over here. <laughs> you, you, you mentioned to start out with there's 33 high schools involved, yep. and so it's yeah. uh, obviously more than just Muskegon County. Absolutely. Uh, what, Ocean? Yeah. yeah, so the original area was the Chronicle readership okay, when they right. started. Well, so uh, it goes all the way from Grand Haven, Spring Lake, okay. all the way to Mason, Lake County, okay, right. uh, and then over to Nuego. And actually, a few years ago, we added Kent City. So we right, actually right. have one school in Kent in County Kent now. County. Okay. So it's a fully six counties now that we're touching. And how, how do they get to be part of all this? I mean, not... Yeah, go ahead. So we, uh, we work with all the schools. Uh, I send letters every year at the start of the school year to talk to the principals, uh, get them on board, get a contact person, and then they start uh, figuring out how they want to choose their kids. So it's up to each school how they choose their kids. Uh, some hold talent shows, some just hold auditions, stuff like that. Um, and then they send those nominees on to us. Okay. So it's kind of like being on you know, American Idol or... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A lot of these kids, you know, they have a talent show or they have their own stuff in their own school, but there's not in all these areas there's not really another step you know there's not like sports where there's regional and state there's not really something like that for literary or visual too much so this is just providing that extra opportunity for those kids now as far as extra opportunity though because you know you got discovered by mark you know and all this good stuff but i mean <laughs> do they get discovered by people sometimes i've audience? had i've had um uh, connections with some other groups um the one year uh i think when it was Coast West the one year, uh, I think they invited a band to come play at Coast West from Showcase. I've had uh, some bands go on to play at, uh, uh, when MCC was holding uh, Mayfest still. Okay. Um, they went on there, and I believe this year a uh, few groups may be invited to play uh, during the Lakeshore Art Festival as well. And I also know Michigan Irish Music Festival. They've had some of our dancers that mm. have been in the past, and a couple of our musicians in years past have been in Michigan. Irish Music Festival Um, because these kids who the performing arts kids have such a different array of things that they do I mean we have a kid doing yo-yo that is phenomenal he's Mm -hmm. like a world champion yo-yo I'd watch that because I used to do it myself until I broke my dad's TV but anyway (laughs) (laughs) well it could happen but I mean but I mean a lot of these kids like there are Celtic dancing and there's Celtic musicians and there's Mm -hmm. but it's not just that there's rock and roll bands there are ballet dancers Mm -hmm. there's Probably belly dancers. There's, there's. We have an com- opera singer this year. Opera singer. Wow. There's comedians. There's, mm-hmm. it's everything, and that's just the performing arts. I mean, that doesn't even. That's the tip, as I say, the tip of the proverbial iceberg, because there's the writers. The ki- these kids that are writers go on to become phenomenal. Some of these, a lot of these kids are published authors now, okay. and 
you know, it's just, and it's so, it's so cool to see these kids. I mean, and I know as a, and not to go back to me, but it, it gave me motivation to want to go on in the performing arts right. as a kid when I normally probably wouldn't have had the confidence to go on and pursue performing arts in my life yeah, as a well, kid. I'm sure it gives so. the kids lots of confidence to do things and go on, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. especially yeah. when they win the money. I mean, there's, there's well, a lot of money that they're <laughs> yeah. winning. Yeah. But anyway, so, gosh, do you guys have any other questions for Joel? I mean, I... Well, I just think, why don't we find out exactly, like I said, they just need to go through the school and when is this going to happen and yeah. all oh, that yeah. timing, yeah. timing yeah. also. Yeah. Who they can call, website, all that good yeah. stuff. Yeah, so uh, the student showcase is on March 18th and 19th at the Froenthal Center in downtown Muskegon. The show starts at 7, doors open at 6. Um, the All the awards are given on the Thursday night uh, at the conclusion of the show. Um, so it's a quick and dirty judging uh, <laughs> as fast as we can make it. Um, uh, tickets are on sale right now at the Frontal Box Office or through eTix, and they are $8 for adults, $5 for students. Wow. All tickets at the door are $10. Bucks. Um, and those are on sale now. The Visual Arts Gallery opens next Tuesday, March 3rd, uh, in the Reception Gallery in the Hilt Building downtown. And that's open for the month of March. Um, and then all the literary and digital media entries will be posted on our website uh, probably in the next week or so. Uh, and that website is westmishowcase.org. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that myself. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh, you guys. If you've never seen it or if you've seen it and you want to come back, this is the year. I'm telling mm -hmm. you. Oh. So, Joel Selby, we love you so much. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to come hang out with all of us here on Talking Tunes. Joel Selby, of course, with MAISD, Muskegon Area Intermediate School District, and, of course, executive producer of West Michigan Student yes. Showcase. Oh, right. We love you, awesome. man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. All right, we'll be right back. Okay, Talking Tunes are back, and we've got uh, everybody here. The G-Man is in the house tonight, too. Yo, baby, yo, baby, yo. I got to turn him down. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> Bob Ecker, we have Bretta, we have Emily in here, we have John Van Wyck's in here, we have Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the third row, sitting way in the back. I don't know what, are you guys are in the third row, right? Is that what it is? <laughs> you <got> Okay. Because <laughs> last week, I mean, when we were listening, and it's like, where's where's that Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the third row? We hear everybody else can't hear him. But anyway, John's got something coming up. I uh, can be real loud if you want me to. That's a little better. <laughs> that's a little better. John, you have well, something well, going on? Well, obviously, uh, today's a leap day, the 29th of February, yeah. and uh, tomorrow's March 1st. And I've been trying to get a festival going for a long time. Finally gave up on it years ago. Uh, on March the 1st every year, my heritage is of Welsh descent. My mother was born in South Wales. The annual festival of St. David is tomorrow, March 1st every year. And in Wales, in the British Isles, they, they celebrate by having uh, Eisteddfuds, which are singing music festivals and the entire country kind of goes crazy, like St. Patrick's Day is here. Okay. Uh, but because we didn't have the potato famine in Wales back in the 1840s, uh, not a lot of immigrants came here from Wales back then. And uh, so there's not a huge Welsh population in the United States. And so every March 1st, my family gets together, which we've always, I grew up at, at my grandparents' house on March the 1st and had a big dinner and everybody sang and, and everything else. And they had a bunch of people that were 
were from Wales that used to come over for a celebration of St. David's Day. And so I've been trying to get this going. Mike Hennessy has been really kind to me over the last several years of me being able to put up Welsh flags down there because the Welsh people of uh, Celtic descent or Celtic descent are really the pre-Irish. Right. Uh, the, uh, the, that's what how they trace it back in the lineage of, of people that, that uh, uh, inhabited that part of the world. So the Welsh people were there before the Irish people were. So I got we, to I I tell you, too, that I found out we did the DNA test, and uh, I, I had some whales in me, too. So there we go. Well, that, so that explains why my, my friend Ray Williams, who speaks very Welsh, I can yeah. understand him. So there you go. Oh, there you go. I'm one oh, of the few. Yeah. But anyway. Well, but, but I mean, the, the, the backstory uh, to, to uh, talk about St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick, in fact, was a Welshman uh, who had been captured into slavery into, uh, into Ireland when he was a very young boy right. and escaped Ireland back to Wales, and he became a priest at, uh, at what is now St. David's Cathedral in, uh, in uh, Clangochlan, Wales. You know, you use the ha <laughs> in, in the Welsh language. Uh, but, well, believe me, my mother... Where do you go Scottish? Well, my mother my mother was born in Nanty Fawflin. <laughs> in South Wales. But, but anyway, I mean, literally, and then he went back and he was charged by the Pope at that time to go back to the Green Island, the Emerald Island, and to rid that island of the snakes. The snakes were really the heathens. They, they did not have Christianity at that time. So St. Patrick went back there as Father Patrick and um, became a saint later on by converting uh, the Emerald Isle to uh, Catholicism. And he made green so beer and that's the end of yeah, the story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, everything was <laughs> green beer. You're good, right? So that's the, kind of the backstory of, of the Welsh people. And so every year I celebrate St. David's Day. Again, Mike Hennessy has been very kind to me in being able to put on a celebration at Hennessy's. Unfortunately, tomorrow is just Sunday, Hennessy's is closed. Uh, uh, so we're doing it at Canary Inn in North Muskegon. Uh, 3 p.m. I will have my kilt on. I do have my family tartan. Oh. my family tartan and uh, the Davies family tartan. I've got to see him in a kilt. No, I don't want to see him in a kilt. I'll, I'll show you a picture of him. Greg, Greg, uh, Greg probably already seen him in a and, kilt. Uh, yeah, well, I think he probably has. Yeah. Uh, but it's a, uh, but I do have, and I'll have uh, our national flower is the daffodil. Ooh. Wasserman's Flower Shop Saturday mor or this morning. I've got to leave here and uh, go pick up flowers over at Wasserman's. They always order me uh, three dozen daffodils. Aww, uh, and I will nice. be handing those out to the ladies tomorrow. Nice. Uh, only to the ladies. First come, first serve. Yeah. First come, first serve. Three o'clock tomorrow afternoon at uh, Canary Inn. And the Canary has excellent food. Can they have a Bloody Mary bar, too? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sunday, I knew so. that was coming. I knew that was coming. Yeah. Comes to be oh. I take it, doesn't, isn't open on some uh, no, that No, they're not open on Sundays either. Oh. So, I mean, Okay. So I was look, kind of scrambling around a couple weeks ago going, okay, what do I do on uh, St. David's Day? So I've got a lot of my cousins that are well, coming You got in that damn quilt to wear. You got a car quilt. The, the, the kilt. <laughs> you got that kilt to wear. So you got to. <laughs> no, Greg wears the, the quilt. That's well, okay. Yeah. You Don't blame that mistake on me. You said quilt. Well, and actually, That's an old quilt. The, the quilt. Yeah. quilt. And, and the backstory of why when I ordered that kilt, a number of years ago, I was out in Boston at a a, a JCI a Junior Chamber International uh, National Convention in Boston, and I really want. I was a member. Of, I'm a member of the Masonic Organ.
organization. I, I wanted to visit the Masonic Temple in Boston, which was the Boston Boston Masonic Temple where Benjamin Franklin belonged and, and George Washington belonged and all these patriots that started this country and the whole Masonic theme. So I, was, I wanted, to, I wanted to see this, this Masonic Temple. And so I got in directions how to walk there from the hotel I was in. I was walking down the side street and I saw the Welsh dragon as a sign and it said clothier on it. So I said, well, I'm going to stop in there and see what it is. And it was a company that made kilts. And it was actually the, this their quilts, Boston office, kilts. <laughs> the kilts, and and the the Boston office of a company that's actually located in Swansea, South Wales, and is the clothier for the Prince of Wales, who is the next in line to the throne of England, is called the Prince of Wales. And I went in there, and about a thousand dollars later, I walked out, <laughs> and, and they, they 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 called it. They actually constructed a kilt for me. Wow! And I got wow. it about three months later from uh, England. Did it and fit? It's got all the parts. It's got all the right parts to it. So, <laughs> got, got the, got so let's talk about the parts, John. Well, actually, with the, with, how with many the parts can you have to a kilt? Well, no, I mean, well, it's the it's the belt. It's it it, uh, it it's the sporum is okay. part of it. The sporum is the pouch that hangs in the front. Oh, okay. Uh, That's what and they call it. <laughs> is that what they call it? They call it a sporum. <laughs> I don't know why. I have to look that up. But uh, and, and and literally the the what's called the waistcoat. It's got a formal waistcoat. You actually wear a tuck tuxedo shirt with it because it is a formal wear that I, that I wear. Ah, of course, yeah. And, you know, and the socks and the garter and garters and, and the knife that goes in the garter belt. and Oh, you got the whole thing, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. I, I had to. Yeah. Once it got me in there, started looking at family tartan. I didn't realize what my family tartan was until then. I went, yeah, I'm like, come on. It's Wales. I didn't think that the people in Wales wore kilts. They're going, well, we are the clothier of the Prince of Wales. Yeah. Like, cool. Oh, that's okay. So what's your plaid? Is it? It's a, it's a, it's a uh, blue and green and gray plaid. It's really pretty. I'll show you a picture when we go on break and we got a picture of it. So is there a color like green for... Uh, it's mostly it's blue. It's mostly blue in color. and it, uh, so It's actually a very pretty plaid. So we're going to see you in that at the Canary then? At the Canary. I'll have it on. <laughs> and actually, uh, a, a lady, about, her name is Jude, who owns the antique store right at the top at Four Corners up yeah, there. Yeah. She was born in North Wales. Oh. And she's going to help me put it on so it Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, actually, they were born in Wales and live in Muskegon. Uh, so, going to be so, it's like a two person operation putting one yeah, of these things yeah. on. Yeah. Well, it is. You know, it, yeah. 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 <laughs> we have to have somebody, like, she's going to have to stand on the chair and put up the uh, the flag. Hold up the quilt. <laughs> <laughs> See, for what's unknown, on the, for unknown reasons, what's the thing called? The sack? Or what, what do you call it? It's four. It's but it's got the Welsh dragon on the sporn and uh, uh, sporn. And you have to have kilt pins, and I've got a, I've actually got a Masonic kilt pin that okay. I have. So I, that was just a bit. I got the whole garb. <laughs> no. wow. So if we wear quilts, can we do them in a toga style? <laughs> well, you don't get talking about toga parties with the G-Man standing there. There you go. Toga party over there. Oh, no, showing up. Toga You know, she's English, Irish, and Scottish. She fights amongst herself. Yeah, that took three people to help him get dressed. So. <laughs> well, I just found out that I go back to my heritage and all they wore were little loin cloths. <laughs> oh my gosh. Born with the dinosaurs, I take it. Well, <laughs> Your big clubs. Your animals. Your yeah. animals. <laughs> Make some 
Scratch, yeah. <laughs> so we, we went to, a uh, little story, we went to uh, Irish Festival, and I found my plaid. Yeah, yeah. I found my colors and everything. And, colors. And, you know, colors. I found my colors. <laughs> and, and then um, Emily was mad because they didn't know our, our family, no colors, no nothing. So she was pretty pissed. I'm Irish. And I didn't like Irish. And I, I had nothing. Well, you can't find your family tartan? No, but find Roberts was. A I had my tartan. He had his. You know, crest and everything. I just, you know, I, this is this is about as trivial as it's going to get. And Greg, you and I played a lot of trivia and, and everything. Thing else, you guys know about Corktown? Corktown. Corktown. No, nobody knows Corktown. Where's that? Corktown is in Detroit. Yeah. Oh. There, there is there is a neighborhood in Detroit. It's the oldest neighborhood in Detroit, established yeah. around the 1840s when the potato famine happened in Ireland, okay. and it was a whole bunch of immigrants that came this way. Ended up in Detroit. It was a Cork fam from the no from the county Cork, <laughs> from the county Cork, and they called it Corktown. Now over the years, Corktown um, it, it was a transitional kind of neighbor. Actually, is where uh, the old tiger stadium was yeah. okay. corner of Michigan and Trumbull was in Corktown and uh, about 30 years ago when the renaissance of Detroit started up again they re I mean, put signs around that area saying this is Corktown Ford Motor, Motor Company's made some huge investments huh. so it's quick and loans in that area and it's now known as Corktown again yeah, mm -hmm. it's on the National uh, Historical Registry as being one of the oldest neighborhoods of Irish descent in the United States huh. it's now known as Corktown do they celebrate uh, yeah. They, I mean, do they go big time with St. Patrick's Day? They, oh, now they have yeah, been. Okay. They only, but it's only been within. It was, it was a National Registry uh, registrant in uh, 1978. Okay. So it's only been within the last 30 years. Or I should have known years. that. Then Who living there, that, that, I was still living. I never heard of that before, and I just no. ran across it today at, at, in uh, looking on the internet for some shirts for uh, St. Patrick's Day, and it said Detroit Corktown, yeah. and I'm going, what is that? Well, a ton of nationalities there. Of course, interesting. Of course, is. Without a lot of the Polish showers, so. of what to do when you're in Detroit. Is it in Corktown? Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's a lot of development that's going on there. Irish pubs and housing developments and everything else. Yeah. And it includes the old Tiger Stadium area, which is a recreation area now for youth. Okay, what was the potato? F of, of, uh, potato famine. Yeah, I, potato, I, well, I, no, I missed back in Back in the late 1830s, uh, they, I mean, literally the people living in Ireland survived on potatoes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that was the main food of, of the I was yeah. the main food uh -huh. of the iron. Yeah. They, they, well, everybody ate to their it was, you know, it was kind of weight and potatoes every every month. The main food, literally, that's what they used too. to say. And uh, they, they had a, uh, a boar of some sort of bug of some uh, sort. Okay. It was a potato famine, and literally people Wait, were starving no. to death. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. And so it forced a lot of them to immigrate to out of the uh, the Ireland, uh, Ireland area, and mo a lot of them came to the United States. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them settled in New York, mm -hmm. and they were discriminated against like crazy because oh, yeah. I mean. These are people who are basically farmers, I mean, mm -hmm. with very little education, everything else. Uh, they went to work for, at that point in time, building the railroads. Um, a lot of them became uh, police officers in New York and, <laughs> yeah. uh, and then all over. But they they, they literally had, had uh, gone as far west as, uh, I mean, literally, um, yeah, because in some the Midwest the old, area. Yeah, some of the old westerns, when they're building the railroads, a lot of Irish. They got Irish. Yeah, absolutely. And from the other coast, the Chinese came the other yes, way. Yeah. So they, they met up at Promontory Point, Utah, Chinese Utah with the, the... The Bay Area, they yeah. kind of settled yeah. in the Bay Area, so it was Chinese meats. 
Irish. Yeah. It, it, yeah. So, I mean, a lot of stories about New York City and the Irish and yeah. fighting the, the different clans that were there and fighting each other and, and everything else. So, yeah. it's, uh, so I mean, Detroit's got a really rich history oh, of, yeah. uh, of uh, Irish uh, immigrants. There. Well, something yeah. else fun to do in Detroit now. Yeah, go to Hi. Court. Hi. Who would have yeah. known that St. Patrick's Day was <laughs> such a big town in Detroit? Or, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. I, I, I didn't I never mm-hmm. thought that. Yeah. McShane's Irish Pub. Is it McShane's Irish Pub? I was just there watching the Arsenal. That's my soccer team. <laughs> ah, and so me and Marion were in Detroit for a weekend, ah. uh, catching actually we caught the SpongeBob SquarePants play, and we did some <laughs> other things. But we went to McShane's on that Sunday morning to watch. You the love Arsenal your play. daughter. You love your daughter. You love both of my daughters. Well, both your daughters. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And Kathy's not here, but she's our, she's the only one missing from the crew. Yeah, today, yeah. So. Kathy's Kathy's not feeling well today. Miss yeah, you, Kathy. She's having a rough weekend. So okay. All right, so we'll take a break here, and we'll come back with uh, more history. I think I don't know. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Talking tunes. We're back, and we're here with Greg, and with Bob, and with Britta, and with Emily, and John, and Peter Tripp, the curly-headed kid in the seventh or eighth row. Now he's way back there. He used to be in the third. Yeah. <laughs> he's way back there. Now he's way back there. He's so far back in jail. Gonna have to pump out into him. Now you were saying now we we're supposed to have tutors were supposed to be in our church today, but unfortunately Kathy wasn't feeling well, so she was she's going to have him come in when she's feeling better. Yeah. But but Paul and, and Greg, you both remember them because of uh, several reasons. When you, yeah, several reasons. Yeah, but they uh, they were all around all the weddings and stuff we did, even out of town. DJing, yeah. DJing, and we finally realized when we walked in, because when we did, you, you never knew how the night was going to go. You didn't know whether it was going to be organized. You didn't know who was going to have a fight or who was mad. But when we saw Tudor Catering was already there, we said, well, at least we're going to eat good and it's going to be organized. <laughs> you didn't know if you were going to eat Aunt Mary's potato salad. and It was it was just awful. Yeah, that's that's 40 years of DJ, and you know, that's a lot of... But they were, they John were, knows about that, too. We had a bad meal. I mean, one of these days, maybe we talk about maybe your, your worst nightmare DJ we can't do that. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I think I was with them. You know, yeah. yeah. I, I was with them. I think you caused them. I was with well, them. You know, it's one of these kind of things. I was just thinking about that, too. And the one that I would I would talk about in the DJing that I would do, the, the people are still alive and living in the Muskegon area, and I don't want to embarrass them. On, right. Uh, well, there's several. Uh, we, there's, I, sometimes there's several we could talk about. Yeah, I guess we're at least we're still somewhat friends. I did, I did, one, I did one for you, and I was just about ready to introduce the bride and groom luckily my son was there with me to say I couldn't make it to the I couldn't make it on the, on the microphone at the time. I had other things I had to do. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, stuff like that, when that happens, it's like, when, that's usually because of some of the food you eat that isn't quite so good. <laughs> there, yeah. there is one story we can tell, and it happened right up at the old Pulaski Lodge. Mm-hmm. We got in there. We got all set up. We'd already had a couple of beers, which we're not supposed to do, but we did anyways. And we're playing the background because they're getting ready to start. Big crowd there. We've got 300 people, and the bride comes up to say, oh, come on up she says can I use the microphone I said sure go ahead and you should have seen the DJ's mouth open because she made the announcement that she just caught her husband with her maid of honor <gasps> oh, and she what? said I am leaving the rest of you can stay we all just went oh. what 
Yes. Well, that was nice. We're letting everybody else stay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys can stay. We pay for the DJ. Go ahead and have a good time. That's right. That's right. paid for. Somebody might as well party. A divorce party. Obviously, you you learned very early on in your career, as I did very early on in my DJing career, to collect the money up front. Yeah, yeah. Well, you see, you should see, you should see the contract that they had. They finally came up with. I tell you what, it was very. Yeah, you don't get out of that one. You don't start the first song unless you got the you money got, in your pocket. Right, right. And I, we had several guys that Dave, my son Dave was one, he went in and he said, we have to get paid first. We let them go. They, they some story, okay, but you're going to have to pay the DJ when he gets there. Yep. They still stalled. Ah. He says, I am not setting up and taking one thing out of the van until I get paid. Absolutely. They actually right. went around, made up a collection and gave him cash and he went and set up played the rest yeah. of the night. No, I, I, I learned I learned very early on in my DJing career, and I got stiffed once, and that was enough. And uh, and I got blamed for causing a fight. And yeah, I mean, I mean you know, yeah. it was it was nutty. It was, it was, I was always the trusting one, and always got stiffed. So you know, there you, you go. Could like, you could make a movie out of these stories. I'm oh, going, don't even go there, Greg. The wedding singer, the wedding DJ. Don't even go there. Somebody had to get paid. <laughs> I tell you what, it wouldn't be a short talk. Keep it going. Well, we got we got we got blamed because the cake fell. Oh yeah, what? Uh, uh, you know the bass. Oh, music. The bass. Too, the music was too loud, and so the cake. Music was too loud. Now there's that a. Could be legit. Here's I the mean, other thing, though. You know how many times, and this got to be old hat. How many times people would take you to court, and you get into court, oh, and you have man. this little session before you go in front of the judge, and the guy would say, "Are you sure you want to take this into court?" And he's advising them to settle out of court. No, we're going to go into court. What what always happened was that the judge would say, did you tell him, did you send him home? Well, no. Did he play music all night? Well, yes. End of story. You have to pay him. <laughs> End of story. And then the, then the judge would also add, and I don't want to hear you bad-mouthing. <laughs> DJ's on the run. You can say you would not hire them back, but that's all you can say. Gag order. <laughs> Every time you went into court, that's what. If you played all night, you got paid. Sorry. Forty years. How many times did you go to court? About five until we learned our lesson. <laughs> Between Oscar being stiffed all the time and the yeah, gag order, it was not good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was one time when I, I almost fought him. I knew you would. The one time that I almost fought the motor cycle gang oh yeah oh jeez yeah. what we were at uh, uh first okay yeah go go ahead i got because we got to talk about the mirror balls you and i know about the mirror balls we're okay we got to talk about that <laughs> we had a shotgun wedding and i don't know where we were i mean it was the hall and corn and corn and corn a road and corn were you wearing your quilt <laughs> <laughs> no, but I felt really good in, well, you know, with my sheet on. I felt really good in this neighborhood. Never mind. All right. So, um, so it was a shotgun wedding, and uh, a motorcycle group came in, and I used to have a hat collection, and it was these twins, and a, and a guy took my hat. Bubba and Bubba 2? It was Bubba 1 and Bubba 2. Bubba 2 took my hat. Daryl, my other brother Daryl. My other brother Daryl. And he looked at me and he was like, Greg, Greg, I can buy you another hat. No, I'm going over to get my damn hat. So I go over to the guy and say, give me my hat. 
And the guy's like, I ain't giving you, I can't say what he said, but give me my hat. And his brother came over and says, man, I like you, man. Give him his hat, gave him a hat. They spent their night dancing on the equipment, yeah. and yeah. it all ended up happy, but I was going to go down. Like, I'm so glad. I was, like, worried where this was going. Well, that's the night that somebody lost the keys and blamed it on me, yeah. and Dory had to come. He always lost his keys and blamed it on us. That's what he did. He lost his keys because he drank just, like, a little bit too much in the early days. But anyway. I do, ha I do have one story I can tell about the mirror balls. Oh, boy. Now, the mirror, you wait a minute, guys. We have to set up the mirror balls. People would call his his unit Dolly Parton because right. he had mirror two balls, big mirror two balls big mirror balls in the front, front of our and they rotated yeah. and they circulated and we had pin spots. Of, <laughs> pin spots. Well, <laughs> we, well, one we used to play at the uh, over at Great Rapids, the big uh, what what oh, is Amway, the Amway Grand yeah. Plaza. They made us take our tassels off the front because they said it was improper. <laughs> time we're out there having a good old time the mirror balls are going around this girl comes up and she starts spinning the things so I got in the microphone I said please don't spin our mirror balls I said and then I said I don't play with yours don't play with mine she went you can't see it, but you can imagine what she yeah, did. But you can see it on the camera over there. <laughs> she lifted up her shirt, in other words. Lifted up her shirt, and there again you saw two DJs. Where are your tassels? <laughs> the, out, the outdoor parties were the, were the worst, though, because the outdoor parties, you never knew what time you were going to end, because oh, it was usually yeah. like um, yeah. Yeah. 4 o'clock so in know. the morning. We were doing one of these, and it was a rock and roll party, and we are playing, and, and uh, I was with Short, I think. But anyway, we are playing, and some guy just decided he wanted to come up on the mirror balls and just spin them, just spin them, spin them, spin them. And I kept telling him to stop, 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 wouldn't stop, kept doing it, went to the guy that had the party, told him, this guy's got to stop, he's going to break the mirror balls, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he did. He broke the mirror balls. They, they were broke. So I said, so the guy got mad at him, and he said, you broke the guy's mirror balls. You got to pay for them. And he asked me how much. I said, I, $200, I think, I would cover it. So the guy gives us the money. I go back. Now, I should have got that money. But anyway, I go back, and I give him the money. He says, those are only like about 20 bucks a piece. <laughs> So <laughs> a little markup. <laughs> but he finally had to get he finally got rid of his mirror balls. He finally they finally went away. They were at our wedding. Yeah. <laughs> they were at a lot of weddings. Just like Dolly. Yeah. yeah. Oh but I mean the the you remember the original unit that he used to do, we had four 15, was it four 15 inch whoopers or was it six? I don't remember. Oh, no, we never had more than four. Okay, we had four, four 15 inch whoopers. 15. We had the center half and then we had the two top halves. Yep. It was called the wall of sound and it was the wall of sound. I actually got a picture when uh, Jojo Gerard was here and I, he gave me a bunch of pictures to, to uh, copy. And one of them is a, uh, a, a teen dance that they did for Sunny FM. And guess who was the behind? The dances. Yeah, yes. it, it was. It was oh, DJs on the run that was doing those. it. The wall of sound. You remember the teen dances? I, I did uh. work them. I was a teen at those dances. <laughs> uh -huh. But yeah, they were so, awesome. I mean, anybody in Muskegon that hasn't had DJs on the run at least has been. At least has been to one of the parties that he's done. Oh yeah, in forty years. Sure. Or, or if you haven't had sure. DJs on the run, you've been deprived because. <laughs> 
live the lives of the party. Yeah. And I've got, I have lots of great memories of working for oh, you yeah. guys. Yeah, well, I have lots we, of. We saved some of the mirror balls. We still have them. <laughs> Just we for you, Greg. The letters. Just for you to spend. We still save some of them. <laughs> Memorabilia. You do? <laughs> I want a set of the mirror balls. <laughs> He's going to put tassels on him. Yeah, the tassels. <laughs> the mirror boss. The mirror boss. Oh, oh sorry. Oh, jeez. Anyway, yeah. I kind of got hypnotized on the mirror boss. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I was going to say, too, that we, uh, we've got, next week we've got, uh, have you heard of the uh, Killer Blues Headstone Project? Anybody? Blues Headstone? No. Bob has. Yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Bob's heard of it. Anyway, it's uh, uh, Stephen Salter. And he's a president of it. What he, he has done, what he started off doing is he raised money to get a proper headstone for Moody, uh, Muddy Waters. Really? And because Muddy Waters, he went to his gravesite and he found this little dinky headphones or headphones, <laughs> headstone Edit. and a quilt. <laughs> And a quilt laying next to it. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> so anyway, started this whole project. Quilt. Yeah. <laughs> See what you started, John. <laughs> I don't know why I couldn't say quilt or kilt. Anyway. But anyway, so he started this project where he's uh, getting these headstones for these uh, blues artists that are yes. known in a lot of yep. different places. So yep. we're gonna talk to him next week. Also I got a hold of Christina Arnett's, you know who that is. Arnott's Arnett's. Arnett's. Arnolds. Arnolds. The original well, one of the one of the uh, maybe the second singer for the West Side Soul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, because I talked to her because I'm good friends with her dad, Ron. Okay. And uh, they're a very musical family, and Steve. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're we're trying. Kathy actually working on that. We're trying to get all of them in here. Get the whole family. We'll start a Partridge Family group here. <laughs> we go on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's some of the stuff. I want to talk real quick before we take a break about my Equinox, and we do our we do uh, Who Am I and and the other forty forty five chorus yeah. line. Stay but, tuned for that. <laughs> I got to talk about the, yeah, right, stay tuned for that. But the Equinox, got to talk about that. Paul knows about it. Last week, okay, my Equinox, 2011 Equinox, the motors in them are, this are garbage. It's, it's car talk, yeah. Okay. The motors in them are garbage, are 2.4, and the, from the 2010, 11, and 12, they have had issues with them. And mine was one of them, and it died, and it was like five months ago. So I let it sit in the driveway until I could figure out the, how much money I could get together to, to get the engine. So I got the engine. I won't say where I got it. Got the engine, it's supposed to be a brand new engine. We drove it here last week. <laughs> I drove it home, drove, dropped him off, drove it home, went to start it the next day, nothing. It was, it was, it, it started for about three seconds and it died. Okay, so <laughs> I called them up, they came and got it. They put a new engine in it again, another new engine, they said. They said they were gonna check that one out, find out what was wrong with it. So anyway, I'm driving this car today, pick up Paul, we're driving oh, here, no. and the check engine light comes on. It's like, what? what's going on here? So anyway, so one of you guys hang around just in case I need to ride home, okay? <laughs> what about Paul? <laughs> yeah, well, Paul can walk. Paul, Paul seems to be the common denominator. Now. I know, right? Maybe that's it. Maybe he's doing something with the car. But. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. And I'm stuck, too, because if I call my wife, she'll laugh and say, sit there for a while. <laughs> yes, mom would. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, you, you know. You know the, the notorious story. You yes. know that. Yeah, okay. All right, we'll take a break. We got uh, Bob with Who Am I coming back next. <laughs> Talking tunes, and we're back. And you know, Bob, you did so well on that one. I think we need to do another one. You've got some great, great uh, 
things to do with Mr. Greg Roberts and Peter Tripp, the curly head well, kid, the yeah, third because row. Because Greg, last time we did this segment, which he is, won. Yeah, yeah he, he won both. It's, this is our debate segment. We have to take a, a topic, and then you've got to either oppose it or defend it. But I have to. I get to assign which one you take. So you don't you don't know which position you're going to take until you get it, and then you have 60 seconds to make your case. We used to call this a Marine tap room, the Chinese round table. Yeah, Chinese round, <laughs> Chinese round table. <laughs> we, can't, we can't say why, but it's called Chinese I'm sure we can't. So <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh, tonight in our debate, we've got G-Man, our defending champion. He's going against Peter Tripp, the curly the curly-head kid, kid the third from third row. row. Yeah. And tonight, the, or today, the seventh row. I think he's yeah, sitting row. and he's way back there today. All right, so because you're the champ, we're going to let you go first. And today's today's first topic is the moon landing, and your position is it never happened. Go. <laughs> I want to talk to you today about the moon landing that supposedly happened in the 60s. Never happened. Never happened. And this is why I'm going to prove to you why it never happened. You go into a store, you see group for grapefruit, they're round. You see an orange, is round. You see an apple, is round. Now, how can you think a little spaceship can get on something that is round and land perfectly square? So I want to talk to you that it never happened. The pictures that they did, they did in Hollywood. And you can tell by the shadows that are, are weren't there. So I want to tell you that there was no way possible that they put a spaceship on a round planet. I don't need the rest of the 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> and he had exactly 15 seconds left. So there, G-Man has rested his case. So now, Peter, it's your turn. You are going to convince us and try to win this battle proving that the moon landing did happen. Go. Where were you? <laughs> what, 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 hap what happened to you? How did you come up with something like that? I mean, I was there. I saw it happen. I know that there. I know that there's a round surface is so big. Have you ever taken the physics to take a spaceship up through the air and go on something that is miles and miles and miles? You got all kinds of flat ground like this. So it's very possible. It's very possible, and that's what happened. There was no way, two ways about it. There's no way you can say that that did not happen. Thank you very much. <laughs> that was it. And he's left. He didn't prove and he's, he's he left twenty two seconds the, on the table. That, you know, the first man on the moon that walked never did say <clears throat> that it was a fake. He never. I mean, boy, you you really had a lot more you could have said. But you know, okay. Right. <laughs> Don't forget, my mind is a little older than yours. That's true. <laughs> All right, uh, and now we do have an opportunity for a couple of our guest panelists. Mr. John Van Wyck and Ms. Bertie Cleveland. They're each going to ask one more question of each of them oh, to go. try to further decide on what, what's going to be believable here. John, go ahead. Well, I know, uh, G, you're, you're used to people slipping off the left side of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what the group of workers play. 
and I know you remember the Flat Earth Society, uh, uh, but you are standing on flat ground right now, and this isn't obviously a round planet that we're on. <laughs> so, so your argument just went down the tubes, or, a, or went, went around. In North America, I mean, the, the toilet bowl goes in a certain direction. It's a, this is a planet. You're talking about a moon. Big difference. Yeah. Bernie, your your opportunity to question. Okay, so Neil Armstrong. Was he a paid actor then? Was that, was nope, that what you're you. saying? Not is, you. Is Neil Armstrong the, are you, okay. So, Peter, so talk to me about the astronauts. What do you think, do you, do, do you think that they are credible to say that they actually landed on the moon and walked around and planted that flag? Well, I have to believe that because that's what I saw and that's what I heard and that's what I read. How else am I going to? I mean, is the whole world fake and faking me out and trying to give me fake false news. information? Fake news. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We've heard the whole story from both sides. That's before CNN. <laughs> or Fox. I went to Kennedy Space Center. I'm a believer. I'm a believer. <laughs> That's right. my side. I, I, did, I, I know you didn't ask me, but that was my opinion. So there You're you go. You're null and void. I know. I'm null and void. All right. So now we're going to have to decide on this one. The winner of this first round of debates. Peter. Okay. <laughs> I was going to see how go you're going to prove it. All right. I'll have learned to respect my elders. <laughs> <laughs> he may dethrone the champion today. This could happen. All right, one more. One more. So this, this is going to decide today's. And uh, this next round, of course, Peter, you're going to have to go first this time. And we are talking about technology. Okay, technology. And in your position, it, we're going to ask the question, Is does technology make you smarter or dumber? And you are taking that it makes you smarter. Go. Uh, well, actually, I don't know how to. I'm so technical, I really don't know how to answer that question. But uh, going to college and learning all these newfangled things, look what it's done for the world from the start way back when we didn't have radio, didn't, didn't have uh, microphones, we didn't have amplifiers, we didn't have TV, we didn't even have uh, a lot of people on the screen anywhere. We have all developed the medicine, the medicine that we have developed. This is all technology, all things that have been learned in colleges, in schools, have been taught, and we've advanced so much that where else can we? We just keep going and going and going. So it has to be our intelligence have to improve our brains and have to improve the world. Where else can you go except up, up, and up? I think technology is beautiful. We've learned so much from the day go when we had the clubs and everything else. <laughs> technology started right there. Bango. No more needs to be said. Back, back when you were a kid. <laughs> All right. There's the first half. Now we're going to find out why technology actually makes us dumber. Oh, man. Your turn. Oh, Peter, Peter, Peter. You're an idiot. <laughs> We don't need to, you look at technology. In, when we were in school, we were taught the ABCs, we were taught one, two, three, we were taught math. We did it on paper. Now you have kids that can't do math and people that can't do math. Technology we have where people can't talk to people because they're too busy talking on their phones and too busy talking to Facebook or going to commit suicide because they didn't get a lot of likes. 
technology, I think we need to step it back and realize, go back to the day when we talked to people and where we spoke to people, where we did math, and where we could go to a McDonald's and order a sandwich and get the right change. It has made us dumber. And the right burger. Yeah, the right burger. With eight seconds to spare. Okay. Once again, we're going to go to our panelists to add a further ask another question to see if they can help us decide this. John, you want to go again? Do you want, want, the, want the pro or the con? Uh, well, you you, I'll, well, I'll, you take, I'll, I'll, take, I'll take the pro. I mean, obviously, in, earlier in the program, I talked about Corktown in Detroit. I just learned about that today. And, and technology and the advancements that have been made and being able to find information are at your fingertips, literally. Uh, something like that 25 years ago, I might have had to go into a uh, library. World, world library and probably wouldn't have, done, wouldn't have bothered to do it and maybe asked around and gotten some bad information from from some people. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of uh, information that you have to wade yourself through. Um, but the, the technology, and as Paul said, we, we uh, the technology that's the strides that are being made in medicine today are all pretty much technology driven when they map the genome and the, the cures that are, are coming within the next couple of years for uh, Alzheimer's and cancers and those kinds of things are all technology driven and uh, so I'd saying uh, technology makes us a lot smarter because we've got uh, information at our fingertips. The good old days when they would just cut your leg off because you had Alzheimer's. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> before this gets any worse, <laughs> before this gets any more lopsided. I'm going to do that argument. Okay, you're okay. coming in? Yep. All right, here here comes Emily. Okay, I agree with the technology part. I agree with the technology part as far as medicine and whatnot, but as far as um, lay people, I guess, or everyday Joes, People don't know how to spell. They don't remember phone numbers. They don't remember anything. And so I think the old timers or whatever is going to come upon us sooner because we rely so much on that technology that we don't put it into memory and have our own brain storage. Okay. Point, good points both ways. Yeah. Okay, so I have to make the decision. And uh, based on that emotional plea, right at the very end, <laughs> oh, <laughs> Emily, she has proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that technology does make the average individual dumber. One one jack. <laughs> so that means you got a third round coming here. One one jack. That was close. I'm telling you, that was a tough one. Yeah. Well, you know, technology too. A lot of it came from when we talk about the space program. The space program brought a lot of technology because they had they had oh, over yeah. the one of the instructors that I had was actually one of the, the people that uh, was, was part of the was part of the space program. He was one of 400,000 engineers that came up with a way to try to get people to space. Okay. Yeah, so well, they came up with a lot of stuff. The, like the, the, the one the um, African-American woman. Oh, yeah. Oh, Johnson. Yeah, yeah died yesterday. That just, she died yesterday. She died yesterday, yeah. 101, and yeah. so the program goes out to her. So she did math. Math. On a board. Long hand. Yeah, long they, hand. They did long hand. Math. They didn't do stuff on computers. Yeah, but that was to for technology for them to go up in space, and she figured out the math well, behind it. But, but also <laughs> speaking of, and, and our friend Jean, who's visited us here on the program, Jean, our handwriting specialist, 
you know how she's talking about how they don't even really teach handwriting in schools right. anymore but really they're they're dumbing the kids up by not teaching cursive yeah so, look, at, look at look at what, what was it? Einstein pro or con Einstein uh, uh, what is the relativity on the blackboard all the way across all that kind of this is right I mean, that was goodwill hunting I, no. <laughs> I think there's a there's a shifting of, of the gray matter at this point in time. If somebody are asking, where are you shifting to? Well, maybe you know, there's certain things you need to remember. I mean, oh. but if somebody asks me what my home phone number is, I still have a landline connected at my house uh, because I'm retired from the phone company and I get it pretty cheap. But, I mean, I, I, but other than that, other, other there's other no one else to call you, though. If you ask me what my phone number was at home, I wouldn't be able to right, call it. Right. I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I know it's seven eight zero something. I graduated. You know, I graduated from from technical school back in 1980, or 81, and we had to use a slide rule because the the teachers, the instructors sure. back then said mm -hmm. that if calculators went, if they die on you, then what are you going to do? Well, you know that doesn't happen anymore, but. The slide rule, you know, can you imagine doing algebra and trigonometry with a slide rule? It wasn't, it wasn't an easy task, but we, we could do it, you know. But, when, but but they used to say that back then. Nowadays, you don't have yeah, that problem. Yeah, now, I mean, technology is, is is increasing at such a rapid pace. Right. And especially, I've been come in contact with uh, some, some medical folks over the last several years with a part-time job I've got over Michigan State University's College of Human Medicine. That curriculum in the, in the three years that I've been over there has changed four times. Mm. And it's updated almost weekly do we get updates to the curriculum because things are being made uh, uh, strives are being made in, in all kinds of research and medicines at this point in time different kinds of prescription drugs that are being cleared by the FDA and all these different things that are happening so by, the time, by the time a, a first-year med student gets through residency yeah. and becomes a doctor do they, they literally have, have changed oh, yeah. their way of thinking so they've got to be able to adapt and that's what, what technology is doing is, is being able to know they've got to have the ability to adapt literally on a daily basis and keep that reading up and everything else and so is it increasing brain power yeah it's in a different way maybe than maybe than what we experience in memorizing people's phone numbers right and you're listening to, to tech talk well, it could be <laughs> Tech talking tunes. Tech talking tunes. What's happening, like Emily was saying, is what 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 is going on is the tech the technical end of everything is surging so fast. Oh yes. There's oh. a lot of smart people up there, but a lot of people are being left behind. Just wait for artificial intelligence. Wait, you know, yeah, like you, you said, can't can't write, can't read the same way we did. A lot of people that are being left behind mm. because of the surgeons of the, all the technology. And we're the ones watching the movies <laughs> yep. exactly okay so your decision is well are we going to round three no. we're, we're tied oh, yeah, did that, didn't you? Yeah, no. we're tied i know we're tied go ahead now. are we gonna round break three. the tie I I don't know. We're all in yeah we gotta break the tie don't we right, we're, well, we're gonna break the tie with the third subject and now that we've really just peeled back the layers of that onion and, and <laughs> I feel like I'm in Shrek. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and had such a serious discussion about it. Now we're going to really take it up another level. Oh, here we go. And now we're going to find out who would win in a fight pirates or ninjas? <laughs> G Man, you've got ninjas. Go. 
this, hey Peter, I don't even want you to like let your brain smoke on this one. Okay, ninjas were trained people. They were it trained. It was a cultural thing. Trained, and they were trained to use their bodies as weapons. They was used trained to use materials and swords and uh, stars and and all these instruments. It was a cultural thing to teach them to be better fighters. They would have no problems fighting a bunch of drunken people on a boat. Okay? Because of something that they fought and learned how to do with their heritage of being ninjas, fighting silent and being deadly. That's my argument. Especially if they're teenage mutant ninja turtles. Then they fought with pizza. All right. Let's find out why it would be pirates. Peter? Do you want me to end this real quick? Well, you take your time. You got 60 seconds. I believe him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. There's no contest there. The time, pirates, right? have got, the pirates have got no chance against ninjas. He's thrown in the I'm towel, sorry. ladies and gentlemen. He's thrown in the towel. We, <laughs> G-Man is winner the fight. again. The fight has been stopped. G-Man is again our winner. Wow. He'll be back in what, a couple weeks, and we'll do this again. Yeah. yeah. See if he can defend the, the title. <laughs> Two-time champion. The one with the most air. Let's just put it that way. Fair, safe to say heavyweight division. He's our, he's our debate ninja. Yes. Yeah, I even went Teenage Mutant for you. So there you go. All right, take a break. Okay, we're still we're we're still having a good time here with uh, Greg's answer on his ninjas. But anyway, this is uh, talking tunes. I just want to tell you, this is something we should all go to. March seventh, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie sing along over at the Playhouse. I don't know if my neck will stand it. I know, right? <laughs> but it's, they're doing a whole bunch of stuff at the Playhouse. These sing alongs. They got the the Bohemian Rhapsody movie. They're going to have um, oh boy, is only if Bob people. dresses as. Uh, Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury. From the think, Bob? He's got to have, yeah. have a this little arm thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only Bob in the room. <laughs> Bob from the Hobba? Bob from the Hobba. There you go. We, we do this one. We could all dress uh, like uh, the, the the characters in The Sound of Music. They're going to do The Sound of Music <laughs> sing along. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, but they're gonna have the uh, on the and may 23rd or no yeah may 23rd they're gonna have the british invasion the beatles tribute and tribute to buddy holly there you go I mean, they're doing some pretty cool stuff at the new playhouse over there in Whitehall. And um, uh, there's another one here, too, that looked really good, too. Well, they're going to have Irish music prep presentation and all that. So, oh, Tom Petty. They're going to do one to Tom Petty, too. Oh, so. nice. Anyway, I'm going to talk with Beth Beam, and we're going to talk about that, too. So. You know, I was thinking we should do a live show at Festival. Yeah, we Let's should do, do a live. We do got to do a live show. We should do a right live show with our festival. Cold, but yeah. I think we should have the contestants. Come. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. yeah, we should do live show with festival. Yeah, okay. good idea. That way we can get in free. Oh, that's <laughs> 
there had we to be a that. That was all the time. Always thinking. Now he's thinking. That's what, yeah. that's what radio's all about, man. Get in scamming your way into places. That's right. <laughs> I got a story about that. Uh-oh. Oh, no. This is another DJ story. Uh-oh. Oh, we're in trouble. I, I was with Big D, and we went over to the... Now you said you were going to sit in the seventh row. What the heck happened here? Anyway, I, I came out. I, this is you my came story. out of the closet. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're going to go to the bridal show. Check out the bridal show. They had it in the big arena there behind the Amway Grand Plaza. That oh, okay. They had the bridal shows down there. And uh, Big D was with me, and they wouldn't let us in. Which is one of the DJs. But anyway. Yeah, we, but Greg Miller was there. Oh, he, was, he was our competitor. Okay, there you go. All right. So he says, well, I guess we go. I said, no, wait a minute, man. Let's go in this door over here. So we went over the side door, and the guy says, yes. I said, well, we're with Greg Miller. We want to go back and join him. He said, okay, let us in. So we got in that way. Big D couldn't believe that. He called me Rockford. Rockfish, because that's what Rockford was doing all the time. We went back there and talked to Greg Miller. So who the heck are you? Well, it's just like you got as he scammed us into the Kenny Rogers backstage. So yeah, oh, yeah with, with TV Rogers. forty. Yeah, Kenny so, Rogers. You know, we, how many things did we scam, John, with TV forty? That was hot. I mean, John made a bunch of bunch of passes for us at TV forty. And it was probably uh, one, one of the best scams that Brian Worsham and I ever did. Oh, is that we? Jeez. <laughs> Remember the Grand, Grand Rapids Rampage, the indoor oh, football yeah, yeah, team? Yeah, yeah. Well, they were, they, a number of years ago, they were playing for the, the championship game, and it was being played in Grand Rapids. So Brian and I, I got the idea. This. Brian and I got the idea that we wanted to go to the game, but we wanted to sit in the the press box. Area. Right. Yeah. And, and so we, I sent in a thing to ESPN saying uh, we're a local radio station. We won't be broadcasting live, but we have a news crew that wants to go there. There's all, all kinds of BS. And this thing came back and it said your credentials will be waiting for you at such and such a time at the Van Andel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we'll have a space for you in the press box in there. And uh, so Brian and I went over. We had these two little digital recorders with us because we wanted to record some things in there and we had radio station jackets on and, and everything else we got in there and I said and the hospitality room for all of the news media people or told us what hallway to go down so we were like rubbing elbows with the uh, broadcasters from ESPN and and all the all the big names in there and so the uh, the press box in the Van Andel is like way in the like third it's up in the rafters and you're I mean if you've ever been up there Bob they, yep. I mean you're looking down on the, yes. the ice rink or at that time the indoor football and so the game progressed and, and the rampage lost and, but, but but anyway at the at the end of the third uh, quarter they came around to us and said you're not broadcasting live so you can go down in the tunnel area so when the game's over with you can go out on the field and do interviews oh, so Brian and I said okay oh, it's cool let's just do this <laughs> and so we packed up our stuff and went down in the tunnel area rampage ended up losing by two touchdowns and, uh, and game's over with the media goes out onto the field they're all running over to the players of the winning team and, and the losing team and everything else. Brian and I went over and talked to the cheerleaders. <laughs> <laughs> we ought to know what they were going to do for this. Look summer. at the disgusting look on Britta's face. I mean, <laughs> if that we, face could we talk. Have sign, we have a signed poster. They gave us a poster from the cheerleaders <laughs> and they signed it off. I used to work with Bob when, when Bob did the, the fo indoor football. Remember that? When you did the indoor football yeah, videotapes? Thunder and the the Thunder Thunder, yeah, the Thunderhawk. <laughs> and basically, I had to videotape the game. Well, half the time the game wasn't going, so I kind of focused in on the cheerleaders. So Bob's got all this footage of all <laughs> the worst part of that story is is that the next show that we they come in with this sign post and they left my ass at home. I know. Well, Bob wanted to go too. 
What was it? What, what were we oh, doing, yeah. Oscar? I don't know. What, we, we were working. Probably playing with mirror balls. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, when we were at the Kenny Rogers. Oh, the thing. Kenny Rogers we were thing. We were, we were doing a. We were TV forty. We were TV doing really 40. anything. We were scam is what we were doing. Oh. Well, no, we were back there. We got in to to, to see them to see them set. We did their, videotape, yeah. Yeah, well, to see them set up I their thing. The and it was it was great watching them set all this stuff up. Watching the guys put the laser ups and everything else. <laughs> We couldn't get near them. They had a band. I said, well, that's technology we don't want anybody to see, so we couldn't really yeah, ask. Like, like we would have sold the secret. I know. <laughs> well, anyways, the thing's all over. We meet one of the agents, I guess, and, the, and he's talking to us, and he asked us if we were going to come to the show. And uh, <laughs> off the top of my head, I said, well, I said no, uh, we were going to go up north, so we didn't get tickets, but we got canceled out, but now we can't get tickets. The guy said, well, here's a couple of passes for you. <laughs> So we got in backstage, down on the floor, and watched the whole show, didn't we? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that I kind of talked nice. to his wife before. Yeah, with uh, Will Verda, she never had to do any scam because she was always invited. <laughs> yeah, she was always invited to be. She was always invited. <laughs> well, that's why she's, that's that's she's so appalled. That's true. That's true. I know. She's the kind of person I hated. That's. <gasps> oh. <laughs> she used to like you. I guess we know who's doing battle next week. <laughs> she was going to give us a ride home if my car didn't start. <laughs> You're still safe, oh. Okay, good. I'm still safe. I'm the one that's going to have to walk home. Yeah, that's right. All right, well, let's do a uh, 45 uh, chorus line here. Now, how this works is I give you the name of the song and the artist. And you have to sing the chorus. And I'm the only one that's banned from it. Oh, so, no, you can sing it. We just want to know what you're singing. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the first one is uh, The Love and Spoonful. And the, the song is Nashville Cats. I remember the song. I remember the melody. Got me on that Nashville one. Nashville Cats. Cats. Yeah, that's oh, it. Man. I remember about it. A little bit more. Come on. Nah, that's you it. can't get into anything Nashville else. Notes and the number of bats on the Tennessee Ant Hill. Yeah, there's 1,352 guitar cases in Nashville. And anyone that unpacks his guitar can play twice as better than I will. Yes, I was just 13. You might say I was the musical proverbial knee high. When I heard a couple new sounding tunes on the tubes and they blasted me sky high. And the record man said, Everyone is a yellow sun record from Nashville. And up north here ain't nobody buys them And I said, but I will And it was Nashville Cats Playing clean country water I've never heard that know, song like, in my what? life. Never heard that one. Never. You know what? Come on, where you been? I think one of these new country groups should remake that one. <laughs> yeah. Quite honestly, we know who that, who that was. Now this, this is the guy. I think he wrote the, the the song for Toy Story and a few other things. John Sebastian. 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 Oh. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. That's well, a cute was, song. I've never heard it before. Yeah. That's when, now you have. That's why. No, you, what's yeah, on the flip side go. of that? Flip side. Uh, Tennessee cats. Tennessee dogs. Tennessee dogs. Tennessee dogs. Full measure. Okay, don't yeah. know that one. That was also written by John Sebastian, but anyway, but yeah, full measure. He all his stuff for Loving Spoon. John Sebastian Bach. Yeah, nope, John Sebastian. Okay, next guy. You know this guy. 
Sam Cook. Yep. Mm. Chain Gang. We're yep. good on the Chain Gang. <laughs> no, not quite, but we'll go hit anybody else. That's the sound <laughs> of the men working the on the chain. chain. Gang. Oh, don't you know? That's the sound of the men working on the chain. Gang. Everybody go. See that proves that the, the pirates were the one. I don't think there's actual audio on the chain. Yeah, I don't think there's. That's why ninjas win. It's not a war like the Okay. I like, I like your Cook. sound effect better. <laughs> yeah, the one only Sam Cooke. I picked that. I actually picked this this record up at Goodwill, so I couldn't pass nice. it. Nice. Ah, here's one here for you. Creedence Clearwater Revival. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> can you put that up so I can put my glasses back on again? Yeah, right. Okay, okay there you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. And now the one side I can't really play because. Um, it is actually. Oh no, I guess I can. Okay. Scratches. This isn't the, <laughs> no, this isn't the. Uh, Not licensed. I thought this was the version that had the 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 multi songs on it, like a you know like a melody of okay. all their different songs. But it's uh, looking out my back door. Do do do, looking out my back door. Playing in the van. Okay. <laughs> All right, that, that was uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival, CCR. Nice. That was easy. Here's yeah. one for, for, I don't know, for, for Greg. Okay. This one's for Greg. It must be a black song because he looked at me. Oh. No, no. <laughs> this is for Greg. It's Olivia Newton John. <gasps> physical. 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 Oh gosh, come on. I can't even tell you that Nobody song spent. It was record breaking at the time. Was, yeah. It was 12 weeks it. at number one. Wow. And yes, back in 1980. Come on, give us that with your best DJ voice. Come on, bring it, bring it back. Oh, uh, was it 82? 82? Uh, what chart are you talking about? <laughs> it was the Billboard Music Charts. Oh, she okay. spent number one. Yes. Oh, oh, I got all those charts. I'm going to check you out. No, I can tell you right here. Um. 1981. Yes, okay. Leg warmers have never been the same. Well, they gave her a lot of flack for that, too, about the sweet little Olivia Newton John doing physical. Hey, man. She had the body. She could wear those little thongs. She still got the body, though. I mean, she's battling for battling cancer. Here we go. Let me see your body talk. Let me see your body talk. 
one of the things that ELO, <laughs> when they do concerts now, they play a lot Xanadu. of the song from Xanadu. Xanadu because was people the love that music. Yeah. Xanadu is still, like John, I think yeah. you and I should run that together because that's one of my oh, favorite yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. Mine too. Well, well, Gene Kelly was Gene Kelly was in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, any I movie, think I've ever any movie oh, that's great, oh, great bad movie. You know, I'll tell you what, it, but that, her making that that record made a problem for me because I couldn't wear lab warmers anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Nor quilts. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'll never live that one down. Went a lot of looks for you that summer, didn't yeah. it? <laughs> I mean, it was more like the thong bodysuit. I think that was. The oh, oh, I don't even want to think about that. Oh boy. Oh. Good thing Brittany didn't bring cookies. I would have threw them up on that one. Oh, you would have loved when I dressed up as Sumo Man on Halloween one time. Oh yeah, I think I've seen that. Was it probably you probably came to the hills and that. That was probably the year you Oh, was that the... Did you see me when I dressed up as Britney Spears? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Britney Spears. I remember that one, too. Oh, yeah. The hand nurse? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, this one I brought... This one I brought... I remember that outfit. That was pretty good. No, they're not. But anyway, I brought this one for Kathy, but unfortunately she couldn't be here because she's not feeling well. But if she's listening at home, right? She'll be listening right okay. now. Okay. All right. So anyway, I brought Barry Manilow. Oh. The, the show that she went to see, what, nine times? Mandy. She's, yeah. Oh, Mandy. It's Let's Get Physical by Barry Manilow. <laughs> <laughs> the disco version. She hasn't seen him nine times. Anybody's seen him nine times. No, I haven't seen him. I haven't watched all nine with her. She had already seen him before I met her. You know what? I think they should she, change. She's been a very whatever you call him, Manolites, Manolois. They should change it. Barry, Barry should change it. So she was a wee little whippersnapper. Yeah. Oh, Kathy. Yeah, that's what it should yeah, be. Should. She is. Well, you know that song. I got there's one thing about I don't know if anybody knows about um, Clive Davis Clive Davis yeah Clive Davis producer yeah. yeah head of the I whole mean, she was the one that really kind of gave that song to Barry it was mm -hmm. something else it was a Japanese song that was written named something else and Barry kind of took it and redid it and, and, and made it and of course Barry's secret was you start out slow for ballad you start out slow you build for a big chorus and then your ending was huge was always huge but you know that mm -hmm. Barry also wasn't going to get in the music business because he did commercials. Oh, sure. Oh, yeah. yeah, he did all that stuff. He did uh, State Farm. Where State Farm. Like good neighbor. Uh, State Farm. Uh, Big Gum commercials. Yep. Uh, McDonald's. Juicy Fruit. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He did all, he did all the commercials. Or something, didn't he? Yeah. He, he was a jingle writer. Yeah, he was a jingle writer. Yeah. And he did really well with that, so he yeah. wasn't even going to do it. But Alka Seltzer. He did a ton of them. But Clive, Clive I guess, uh, talked him into it. Now, Clive, of course, was also... What are you looking at me like that for? Clive was also the one that got Whitney Houston. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah, introduced yeah. her on the Merv Griffin show. You remember that show? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Merv yeah. was cool. Yeah, Merv, you know, he's he still his, his company's still making huge amounts of oh, money yes. with uh, oh, huge. Uh, Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. Mm -hmm. So, anyway. Okay, that was it. 45 chorus line. I don't know who won. Who won? Kathy. Kathy won. Kathy. All right. <laughs>
So he always wins when Barry's involved. Yeah. We'll do another one. We'll do another one. We'll come back and we'll wrap things up. But uh, we'll do another one next week, along with Bob's. You got to. We got to do that every week. The put uh, Greg against somebody because uh, <laughs> he's got to be defeated, man. He's got to go down. <laughs> he's got to go down. It's the Jets. He did the Jaffa. And the Sharks. Get down. Yeah. <laughs> you got to take it down. It's the Jaffa. That's funny. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> You can't send